I'm ready to go whenever you're ready. We're, I'm ready. We're rolling. We're, We're rolling. Yeah. <clears throat> um, who are you? <laughs> this is my easy segue into the, into the, the intro bit. <laughs> I'm the ghost of Christmas podcast. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't even have a response to I that. I didn't even rehearse that. That was just off the cuff. That's how good at improv I am. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> who are you? Um, I'm the ghost of Christmas potato oh i love it Mm -hmm. a small potato died at christmas and now i i am that ghost (laughs) one small potato r.i.p r.i.p but i'm glad you exist as a ghost Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh no but actually i'm charlie oh and i am mandy Uh uh-huh and this is this is the juiciest bits podcast it is uh christmas ghost edition um because what is christmas but a time to exercise your ghosts it is true yeah Take them for a little walk. Yeah. Have fun with them. Have fun with them. Do them yeah. stretches. Yeah. yeah. For, force them to do the push-ups. <laughs> they won't want to, Monstrous. but it's good for them. <laughs> push-ups are good for no one. <laughs> Even ghosts. Even ghosts. Ghosts need abs. Push-ups don't. You've never seen a, a ripped ab ghost? Ripped, ripped ghosts with my, wait. I have not. I messed up. <laughs> Well, I haven't seen ghosts, period, as we've discussed many a time, right. but I do hope that one day I will see a, a ghost that has ripped abs. I, I hope that for a you. A school ghost. Thank yeah, you. You deserve you deserve at least that. I do. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. What a friend. <laughs> uh, what movie are we discussing today? We are discussing, uh, in what seems to be a, a trend now, mm-hmm. um, Muppet Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. Um, so not the Christmas Carol that we talked about last year. Yeah. But this one, a different one, is very similar, but with Muppets. I would say they're identical. Well, they they are mostly similar, mostly the same, yeah. except for a few vital differences, which are Muppets. Okay, that's it. It's in the title. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, so that's very different. Uh huh. And uh, Michael Caine's in this one. Well, you said it wrong. I did. Yeah. How should I say it? You know. I would like you to demonstrate. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Yeah, there you go. Okay, thank you. <laughs> yes, Sir Michael Caine is in this one <laughs> with Muppets. Yeah, it's around. And it's, last year we did that beautiful gothic classic with Alistair Stim. Yes. Who's forever in my heart. Yes. I love him. He's my boy. But who I do not recall doing anything with Muppets. You know, it could be lost to history, though. It could be. Like, so many films on the cutting room floor or in a warehouse somewhere that burnt down. Also, I think he died before they were invented. Did he? Well, that's the question. (laughs) That's your question. That's my question. (sighs) I think he lives forever in my heart, so Mm. I don't acknowledge his death. But, um, you know what? We can each have our own theories. It's true. And I have many, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. dear mm-hmm. listener. About the movie or about life oh, in general? Oh, just about life in general. Alistair Sim? Okay. Yeah. All right. Great. Cool. Well, let's move on. What's your history with this movie? <laughs> and how does it fit into our category of Christmas movies as defined by last time? Yes. So this is, I think, without a doubt, a Christmas movie. It tells a Christmassy story. It involves Christmassy songs. It takes place at Christmas. <laughs> Um, it's, it's mm, just, I'm still waiting to be convinced. It's, it's, <laughs> I don't it see has the connection. Christmas Carol Too tenuous. in the title. 
Um, so I, I think, I don't think I need to, to make too much more of an argument about that. Mm. Uh, <laughs> agree to disagree. I still have questions. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll come back to those. Um, as far as the history, I had actually never seen this movie before I met my partner, Aaron, uh, whose family watches this every year at Christmas. Um, I, I did not come from a, a kids movie watching family. <laughs> um, no, in fact, it was so the opposite. Was, you were a child and you watched adult movies. Yes, that's true. And I don't mean porn, but I mean. <laughs> yes. The ratings, Your grandma did not sit you down and no. be like, little Mandy. <laughs> MPAA reading, ratings meant nothing in my family, um, which is why I'm I'm the, the refined adult I am today. Mm-hmm. Um no, so the first time I saw this movie was probably seven years ago, and I've watched it every year since. Um, this year, I get to watch it twice, because this and Christmas, and I just was so angry that I hadn't seen it before, because I love it so much. It's so delightful. Beautiful. Yeah. Do what, you watch it on Christmas Day? Yes, or whatever day we celebrate Christmas with his family. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. As close to Christmas as possible. Yeah. It is It is a Christmas tradition in okay. his family. Hmm. Wow. Well, I mean, I had never seen this movie before. Mm-hmm. You said that we should watch it. Actually, well, I don't know. I feel like we I both said. I think you said we should I, watch it. Okay. Well, if we want to get into the backstory of this episode, I had suggested a different movie. That was not at all Christmassy. That was 100% Christmassy. No, not at all. Everyone will agree with me. <laughs> it was very Christmassy, but Mandy refused to see it. So you have to really use the power of your imagination. <laughs> because there's no other way to know. Anyways, I had suggested a very interesting movie that Mandy poo pooed. It, so. it is a wonderful movie that I hope to talk about. But not at Christmas. Uh-huh. Well, okay. I've got a lot of Christmas things to say about it. So whenever we do Can't talk wait. about it. You can go ham on that. Cool. I, yeah. So anyways, that was that. <laughs> and then as a, as a second option, this was presented. So. Yes. While I did suggest it as, as an in no way. The, you, I was certain you wouldn't be able to find uh, fault with this being a Christmas movie. <laughs> It is I really wanted to make sure after the, the, the debacle of the first suggestion. We, we really met halfway. Almost. Yeah. So anyways, I, I had it. never seen this before. Um, and like Alistair Sim is my boy. It's my go-to. Um, and I was realizing I actually haven't seen very many Christmas Carol movies. And oh. there's a buttload. Yeah. There are so many. Um, and so, and it had truly never occurred to me to watch this one. It huh. had just like, well, because I, you know, I feel like there's this whole mythology around Sesame Street. I feel like you have to know the characters in order to get the references. So I was like, well, you know, that time has passed for me. <laughs> <laughs> you no longer watch Sesame Street regularly? I no longer do any of those things. I don't think I ever did. Oh, So I don't even know, uh... Yeah, like, I don't know what these characters, like, like, you know, how the interplay between these characters, like, personalities normally, and, like, how they present in this movie, mm-hmm. if there's anything witty to say about that, I don't know, because it's all beyond me. 
Like the two Marley boys. Like who? Okay, why are they two old guys? Why do they have to be two? Why do they have because a stick? Are they twins? Sadler and Waldorf. They who are they? They are the old men hecklers in the balcony on the Muppet Show. Oh, so everything everybody does, they just have. Like they shit talk. Everybody. So they're just like normally assholes. Yeah. Okay. So they're perfect, but you can't use just one. They come as a package. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. See, sing, things like that where I was like, I don't understand this choice. So you never even watched the Muppet show. No. Which was like a later night, more adult oriented show. No. Oh, with like celebrity hosts and stuff. Never. No. Huh. No. Interesting. I grew up in cinematic poverty that's right that's true yeah we yeah. only watched bbc period dramas <laughs> or bill gaither homecoming musical oh. vhs's I'm those sorry. were the two options that's all i came from i would live for those bbc <laughs> oh yeah oh did i <laughs> um okay so i want to just poke a little bit further with our christmas um theme though because oh, sure. while it is you know, at a Christmas movie at Christmas time. They talk about Christmas all over the place. They sing about Christmas. It's in the title. Yes, yes, yes. Do we need more? Um, but I thought there were some interesting intersections with what we listed last time. Mm, because, yeah. so we had said, like, family conflict. Yeah. Has, yeah. was, like, one of the, like, big things. Um, and, like, we've got Tiny Tim as, you know, big family conflict. Yeah. Child illness. Sure. There was adult cynicism. Yep. Which Scrooge is like OG adult cynicism. Oh, yeah, like, space. come on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ground zero for adult cynicism. Truly. Schlumpy dad who has to step it up. <laughs> Could be either Bob Cratchit or. I mean, Scrooge is sort of like the OG daddy also. True. So Schlumpy dad has to step it up. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and then some kind of personal or collective transformation. At the eleventh hour, which mm -hmm. like, doy, that's this whole movie. <laughs> that's the whole point. That's the yes. whole thing. <laughs> Deadline to Christmas. Um, now the one thing that was different uh, that we talked about last time was the sense of precarity or fragility of the holiday. Ooh, yeah. Um, and how it's like something that needs to be continually reinforced in a lot of these movies. That I felt like wasn't the case here. Mm. In contrast in like the christmas carol narrative in general christmas is like this overwhelming force to be reckoned with right like it's so all-encompassing um to the point where it's almost like a little bit creepy how everyone's obsessed with it like it's just sort of like this like pervasive cultural soup um and it's like, you know, squeezing Scrooge until he get, gives in. Yeah. He's like the lone holdout. Because it's, it's, more, it's more precarious before Scrooge has this sort of come to Jesus moment mm -hmm. where he's, you know, he says, I'll celebrate Christmas in my own way, mm -hmm. which means I'm not going to celebrate it at I'm all. I'm not gonna. But I think, too, there is an element of Christmas being in danger when he expects everyone to come to work on Christmas Day. Mm. And Bob Cratchit, who never really wants to rock the boat, says, but, you know. But it's Christmas. Yeah. And and Scrooge basically says, What do you want me to do about that? Like you want a you want a free day off. Like you pick mm -hmm. a man's pocket to mm -hmm. like he kind of shames Bob Cratchit into wanting to spend Christmas with his family. And mm. like it could very well have gone the other way. Um Okay. So you think that that if Scrooge hadn't like 
sort of succumb to. But the thing is, he does, though. He does. Yeah. But I think there's a little bit of precarity in that, like, mm. we don't know. I mean, we know, obviously, but like. There's that moment Bo- in that moment, Bob Cratchit does not know if he will get Christmas off. Okay. And and that sort of the day offness of it all, the time yeah. with the family is everything. Yeah. And coming into a miserable office on Christmas just sounds terrible. Oh yeah, yeah, no, totally. Um, and Bob Cratchit is also sort of like the the beating heart of like Christmas present in particular. Yeah. Um, so that whole narrative um, would be really lacking if he was was sadly in his office um, not having roast goose. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we see some precarity, too, just in the way that, like, with all the ghosts, right? Showing mm-hmm. Scrooge what he could have had, mm-hmm. what he does have, and where he'll end up if he doesn't change. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, next Christmas you could be in the ground and people could be fighting over your stuff. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, you're right. It's not the same sort of stakes. It's different. It's definitely different stakes. Yeah. Like most people are on board with Christmas. Yeah. And it's just Scrooge who's like, mm, no. Yeah. To the extent where it's like nobody celebrates anything else. Yeah, for real. <laughs> <laughs> There's no such thing as Hanukkah in this world. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Only Christians here. Yeah. Oh yeah. boy. Anyways, all right. Uh time of the time of the podcast. <laughs> I always have to catch myself from saying something else. I love it. <laughs> uh describe this movie in four keywords or less. Okay. Um humbug. Mm-hmm. Knockers. <laughs> I knew you'd like that one. House coat. Oh damn, these are good ones. And ghosts. Oh, oh yeah, there it is. I would watch that movie. <laughs> In fact, you did. In fact, I did, and I will do it. And again you have, and you will again. In a few short weeks. Oh, oh, mine aren't as good. I'm ashamed to say it now. Okay, so mine are singing. Oh yeah. Noses. <laughs> so many noses. There so are. many weird ass noses. It's true. Uh rats. Rats are everywhere. Yeah. And eyebrows. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Very impressive eyebrows. Yeah. hmm Gonna talk about that later on. Just you wait. Very good. May I do a summary? Please. Okay. Can't wait. Ah, uh, yes. We open with a bustling scene in Victorian London. You know, back in the good old days, when men and Muppets lived side by side in love and harmony. That's history. Oh, it is history. A time of bliss before the Happy Time Murders movie created a rift between the two communities never to be healed. (laughs) We don't talk about that. (laughs) Charles Dickens, who's gonzo, is selling apples and bantering with a rat before gearing up to tell us the story of A Christmas Carol. Okay, stop right here. We barely started, but let's stop. (laughs) Um, I feel like this movie has a strange relationship with the original text. You don't say. (laughs) (laughs) This might be stating the obvious here. Explain yourself. (laughs) Fine. So rather than narrating the story while the action unfolds, as if the act, like story is being created in the telling of it, mm-hmm. 
Um, this movie is like, hi, I'm a movie. And also real life. And also I'm going to tell you a story that was written down a long time ago, but is also happening right now. <laughs> um, it's very, it's, it's just like an odd way to situate. I feel like it's yeah. like very strangely done. It is. Yeah. What do, you, do you have thoughts about that? Like what, how did that strike you? I mean, I've never really thought too hard about it, <laughs> but, but yeah. We're treating is, this as a serious text, it's Mandy. It's a serious text. You're right. I need to be professional. <laughs> um, yeah. Like I, I always understood that Gonzo was just pretending to be Charles Dickens, mm-hmm. but yeah, like it is sort of unfolding live action. It does have some odd pairings. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it strikes me now that if this were done in a live action, a fully live action film, it would be bonkers. Yes. Like we wouldn't know what to do with it necessarily. Well, yeah, like is it like is the what kind of you know what it struck me as? Did you mm. ever see um the movie uh the adaptation of the uh Tristram Shandy? No. Okay. Well, we won't go there then. (laughs) But it was just like a very strange way of acknowledging the textuality of the story while also having this sort of like faux naivete about it or like pretending Mm -hmm. that it's like Mm -hmm. it is current while also acknowledging that it was already written. Right. And it's, and it's these sort of, like, double consciousness, like, running simultaneously against each other. Do you think it it could only work in a text that people know so well already? Mm-hmm. I was wondering about that. Because, because Charles Dickens is super famous. A Christmas Carol is, like, mega famous. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, at this point, I don't know like anyone who knows about Christmas who doesn't quite like, you know, know the, at least the bare gist of it. Yeah. Um, so we're so familiar with the beat. So having this sort of like layered, like meta textual entrance into it, um, feels fresh, but also weirdly this being my first watch of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I sort of like calling attention to its artifice almost made it like easier to suspend my disbelief. Yes. Because yes. I think that was the way in for me to not be like, oh, this is like a wacko world where like I'm supposed to pretend that human beings and Muppets are like equally real. Yeah. <laughs> and somehow that that layered entrance into it of being like, yeah, essentially like hey, this is a parallel universe London where Mm. this is all real and this internal logic exists um, somehow worked for me. I was like, oh, yes. No, this is Charles Dickens. (laughs) It feels like like genius storytelling to me, honestly, because I agree. It is a way in that that kind of gives adults permission to just not think too hard about it. Mm -hmm. Like just, Mm -hmm. yeah, there are people, there are Muppets, they're Mm -hmm. all pals. This is a story you know, yeah. but I'm telling it anyway. Like, just we're all here to just have story. a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah, I agree. Okay, great. Cool. <laughs> right on musical cue, Ebenezer Scrooge, Michael Kine. Michael Kine. Michael Kine. Walks down some snowy streets through a seemingly endless gauntlet of characters singing about how terrible he is. <laughs> uh, and I'm 
Not saying I don't think Scrooge is a terrible guy, but surely having to walk past song and dance routines about how even vegetables hate you. It's not going to help. Every morning, yeah. on your way to work. Like, no, yeah. it's not going to help. It's not even ideal. Even Scrooge has feelings. <laughs> Everyone. Oh my God. What are you, a Scrooge apologist? Get out of here. I'm just saying he's a person like you or I. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Every year. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Scrooge has a point. Yeah. <laughs> I get closer and closer. <laughs> so just, I guess, come back in 60 years and I'll be this old man. Uh, Can't wait. At his office, he does end up earning that reputation, though, because mm-hmm. he tosses some clients bodily out of his office and then starts handing out eviction notices to distribute, saying that December is foreclosure season, with mm-hmm. everyone spending their rent and mortgage money on party stuff instead. <laughs> at some point it's their avocado toast oh for sure all these millennials <laughs> spending money on parties and not buying houses how dare they how dare they they're ruining the economy <laughs> also they're not buying diamonds fuck off <laughs> millennials are, have ruined the diamond industry as we all know it's true <laughs> I can't say I have diamonds <laughs> I can't say that I even want diamonds, no. even if I had the wherewithal to purchase them. There are things, other things I would want more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like delicious cheese. Oh, yeah. 100%. So much cheese for one <laughs> so diamond. Much Come cheese. on. A lifetime supply of cheese. Well, well, well okay. A month's supply yeah, of cheese. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. At some point, Nephew Fred visits, annoying as always. And then it's closing <laughs> time, and Bob Cratchit convinces Scrooge to give all the workers the day off for Christmas. And after Scrooge stomps out, cue another song and dance number while a group of bookkeeper rats try to pull down one single window blind. <laughs> Just like, don't employ rats as room cleaners. No, we're like, give is them a maybe ladder. the moral here. Yeah. yeah. They might be fine accountants. I can't speak to that. But like, it's logistically, they can't be good at tidying up. No. 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 Scrooge goes home, sees the door knocker turn into one of the Marley's faces, because, as said, there are two Marley's in this alternate universe, and they are brothers, and they are also ghosts. Which begs the question, (laughs) did both brothers die at the same time? Did Scrooge maybe kill them? Did Scrooge maybe kill at least one of them? Subtext there. Like, Jacob Marley's dying on his deathbed, and Robert is like, I'm still here! And Scrooge is like, no, you're not. <laughs> Get out of here! That would make for a fascinating story. I want the backstory on yeah. these brothers. Let's say yes. Okay, great. Scrooge Love killed it. them. Uh, as Scrooge is eating a wee night lunch of bread and cheese, wearing an incredible dressing gown and sleeping cap combo. Oh, amazing. The Marley Ghost Brothers burst in with another catchy song number. So many song numbers. <laughs> Followed by a banter routine that is mostly roasting Scrooge and then telling him that he'll be visited by three more spirits to get him scared straight. <laughs> Scrooge is mostly unimpressed by the singing, the insults, and the threat of more ghost visitors, so after waving it all off, he goes to bed and falls asleep. When he's woken up, it's by one of the, oh my god, most nightmarish things I've ever seen. <laughs> How would you describe the ghost of Christmas past in this movie? It's like a, like a, like a child mermaid. Oh, that is so much more positive it's, than what I would have like said. But like in a scary way. It's, yeah, I was like, it's like a decapitated doll's head in like toilet paper. It's, it's like a, like a high pitched voice that floats around yeah. with red hair and yeah. Baby, baby, baby voice. voice. Yeah. Which I cannot handle. 
And it's so unsettlingly rendered that, like, my eyes refuse to focus on it. Like, they, mm-hmm. like, they won't acknowledge that it is on the screen. They'll just slide right over it. Yeah. yeah. Big nope. Big nope. Anyways, Scrooge flies off with scary baby doll spirit to the past where he sees his old school and we discover that he was actually a child accountant. (laughs) Turns out there was no point of trauma that made him who he was. He was born this way, loving Excel spreadsheets. (sighs) When we jump to Fozziewig's Christmas party, Fozziewig and moms. (laughs) So funny. I didn't realize that um, Fozzie Bear was a mother's special boy also. I totally. didn't know this. See, this is the backstory I don't know. In in a, a Muppet, the the other Muppet Christmas movie, mm-hmm. the whole point is that Fozzie is Mother Special Boy. Wow. Yeah. See the legends. I just I'm not party to. <laughs> we'll get you there. Y'all don't right. Worry. So they're at the party. There's young man Scrooge again, being a nerd and complaining about expenses. But then he meets Belle, and they have a moment, and then we immediately jump to their breakup, where Belle says. Oh, you've changed because now you love money, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, girl, what? You like, we saw that he loved money when he was three years old. So maybe you just weren't smart and couldn't catch on until literally just now. But like, that's on you, babe. (laughs) Uh, And then end of this segment. Jump to old Scrooge back in bed, being roused by the spirit of Christmas present in the next room. Larger than life, sitting like an absolute god among many foods. (laughs) He's a bit of an airhead, this spirit. He keeps repeating himself, circling back, but we forgive him because he is a hottie and also seems like a good time. Like, you don't need to be (laughs) smart to be the life of the party. You just need to be fun. That's all that matters. Uh So off our boys go to peek in on Fred's party and then on Bob Cratchit's family dinner. And we discover that, among other things, the Cratchits are Mennonites because (laughs) they can't stop singing at the dinner table. Insufferable. <laughs> Once again. All the evidence points to yes. Not until I started hanging out with Menos was I aware of how many opportunities there are for singing. You're doing so many. Every, literally nothing. And Menos moment. break into four-part harmony. Like, I was just literally eating mashed potatoes. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, do, am I supposed to sing Am too? I supposed to sing? I'm still know. eating. Should like, I what? Clap? Oh, no. I don't, yeah. It's very confusing. <laughs> Should I snap my fingers? <laughs> Doesn't seem like that kind of beat. What if I don't know German? Yeah. <laughs> so many questions. Oh, so many questions. <laughs> Do I just mouth the words along even if I don't know them? <laughs> Anyways. It's around now that Scrooge has his predictable moment of remorse, seeing how the Cratchits live and also seeing how sick Tiny, Tiny Tim is. <laughs> So, so pitiful. So pitiful. And it's like, you know, I really do become Scrooge, except meaner, because I'm like, (laughs) come on, fuck up. Stop coughing, child. Stop coughing. You are annoying. (laughs) Weak. Uh, but there's no time to dwell on any of that because it's off to get dumped into the lap of the spirit of Christmas future, looking even more like an underwater dementor than usual. Oh, yeah. Who then runs Scrooge through, you know, the usual stuff. Business bro chat, cloth picker chat, RIP Tim chat, before ending at Scrooge's future gravestone. Mm-hmm. And Scrooge is very sad about all of this, but then he wakes up. <laughs> and instead of doing what literally everyone else would do, which is few. 
it was all a dream and you know go about your day as usual <laughs> scrooge is like whoa it was all real and changes everything yeah yeah he goes from grumpy boy to happy boy given donations and turkeys all over the place and then the moment we've all been waiting for <laughs> he starts to sing <laughs> And yes, Michael Caine singing is about as pleasant as Colin Firth singing in Mamma Mia, but both get props for really giving themselves to it. Yeah, they, they He really, really commits. Yeah. 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 Uh, while singing, Scrooge also visits his old school teacher and also Fozziewig, who are now seemingly a gay couple in a retirement home. Love that for them. <laughs> before they go to Bob Cratchit's house to first scare the bejesus out of poor Bob before giving him a big bird. But not that big bird. See, I do know some things. <laughs> Maybe it used to be that big. <laughs> we don't see big bird here. It's dark. Whoa, Took a dark turn. too dark. And then in the final song, what seems like all of London packs itself into the Cratchit's house in celebration. And all I can think of is that that turkey will not be enough food. After it all. will not. It will in no, no way be enough. No. But everyone is happy, and that's the end. <laughs> Bravo. Thank you. <laughs> oh man. What do you want to talk about? Okay, first of all, when was the last time you read A Christmas Carol? Oh, man. At least a few years ago. Okay. Yeah. I reread it, like, recently. Okay, so, also, just FYI, I am on one of my usual um, Victorian benders. (laughs) So I'm obsessed with everything in the Victorian era right now. Once again. Uh... So this worked out perfectly. Love A Christmas Carol. Love weird Victorian stuff. Reread A Christmas Carol, the book, uh, just to see. Because also I'm very curious how how something this culturally significant um, shifts in the mm. constant retelling. Like like we were saying, A Christmas Carol as like a text is so pervasive. Are you saying there are no Muppets in the original text? Surprise. <laughs> Uh, there are, in fact, no Muppets. Zero Muppets. But, yeah, so, I don't know, there were, there were some things that just sort of popped out at me, um, on the read, and then also thinking about how, like, how this compares to the Alistair Sim version, which Mm. is the one that I'm most familiar with. And it seemed like a lot of the aesthetics from that movie influenced this movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Like a, like a lot of the look, a lot of the changes. So this almost felt like uh, like an adaptation of the adaptation. Yeah. Rather than like an adaptation of the original text. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, which was interesting that, that that is sort of maybe more familiar to our collective consciousness now. Yeah. Than, than you know, the, the original story. Yeah, the Alistair Sim version has become the copy text from which mm-hmm. other adaptations are made. Yeah, because there's a lot in the original story that isn't in the movies and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of really different things in the book yeah. that I was struck by this time. Can I just like run through a couple Please. things? Yeah. Um, so movie versions, one of the one of the big things is they often delay scrooge's emotional crisis until like the last possible moment Mm -hmm. and it's often when he sees his own grave um it sort of starts when he sees tiny tim and then ends when he sees his own grave um and in the in the book he has like an emotional breakdown immediately 
Like, he goes back in time to see his old schoolhouse. Mm. He sees his childhood self, and he starts weeping. Right. And so he is, like, which then really changes things, because it's less like a, like, beaten him down, try to, like, get some empathy out of this, like, hardened old crusty foe And more just, like, this emotional hazing. Because mm-hmm. he's, like, already there, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, see another terrible thing. See another terrible thing from your past life. um which yeah regret bombing regret yes trial by like many devastations um also like wow big mood to be like adult self like seeing child self and just like being devastated by them wanting to protect them but being unable to yeah um and then another big thing Another two two sort of more significant things that I noticed this time around on my read was there's a lot of buildup around how Scrooge and Marley met at Fezziwigs and how that was sort of like, you know, sort of like the seeds of their betrayal happen there and mm-hmm. then they go on to make this big firm. None of that's in the book. Right. Marley is not featured at all in any of the Christmas past scenes. So he is only fixed as, like, sort of, like, the introducing ghost and the person who, yeah, like, Scrooge ended up Mm. partnering with. He doesn't feature in sort of, like, the slow downfall of Scrooge over the course of his life. Mm. He's sort of, like, you know, the grimmest endpoint. Right. Um, and, And there's also nothing bad that happens to Fezziwig in the book. I usually, like, part of the narrative in my mind, particularly from the Alistair Sim version, is that, like, yeah, Marley and Scrooge, like, conspired. So it's, like, all this layers of, like, evil conspiring against good, you know? Mm -hmm. Layers and layers of that. And, um, no, Fezziwig is just, like, allowed to go off and do his own thing. One last thing. I feel like this is a monologue. Um, (laughs) The movies that I've seen really want the ex-girlfriend to either like die or become a saintly martyr mm-hmm. they want her to like either end up alone doing good or you know like or you know die waste away yeah and in the book she fucks off and has like a great life yeah and that's part of the regret is that scrooge sees the amazing like like loving life that he could have had yeah rather than like sort of being shamed into like oh you ruined another life it's like no 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 boy you fucked up and like she's doing great and look how much better you could have had it yeah um yeah which is also a really interesting choice that i feel like not enough adaptations focus on it's a lot of like yeah look at another life you ruined basically rather than oh look how actually like irrelevant you are in the long term yeah which is so interesting to me considering that i mean this was written in the mid-19th century and Mm -hmm. and you know perhaps a lot of authors would have made bell just sort of this this woman who dies of a broken heart or wastes away or becomes an old maid or joins a convent or someone Mm -hmm. something like that but to to suggest that she has a better life and that Scrooge chose wrong. Yeah. Is is quite something. And so yeah, to see the movies kind of regress her. 
and that and that like the, as the main character scrooge is like so irrelevant to her life now mm-hmm. like in the book when like she, he's mentioned to her it's sort of almost like she receives it as the like she's receiving news of like a crush from high school she's like oh what like you what yeah 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 like, who the fuck cares well and i do like in muppet christmas carol the that the bell character she sits down and he's like just one more year till we can get married and she essentially says like look you keep saying that you don't love me anymore yeah i don't want to be with you anymore yeah so we we don't really know Mm-hmm. Like, she doesn't strike me as particularly, like, she's sad, obviously, because the relationship's ending, mm-hmm. but she doesn't strike me as being, like, destitute. No. As 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 yeah. other bells have. She's not gonna go and basically leap herself to death in a ditch or something. Yeah, or, like, Lady of Shalot herself. Yeah. Like, she's, she's... <laughs> Classic end! Classic <laughs> gonna end. lay in a boat for a while I and mean, then drown. what a way to go. Get to see see the world and then, yeah look look pretty in a boat um but yeah like she she kind of talks sense to him right yeah she's like quit quit being a fuck boy yeah like you clearly love work more than you love me that's sad yeah. but i don't want that mm-hmm. yeah and and is like pointing out his inconsistencies too not just being like mm, you don't love me anymore but like you you keep saying you don't have money, but you're now like your own boss. Yeah. Like you're fine. That's not the issue. This is, yeah. You will never have enough money. Yeah. And so, she doesn't even point out his weird bob. Which would be the first thing kindness. that I'd say. Be like, yeah. your hair's fucked, dude. Yeah. We gotta go. But it's not. It's a, not for everyone. No. He doesn't have the bone structure. No. No. Okay. All right. When do you, do you have things you want to talk about? Um... Do I have stuff going on? I want to talk about how this movie handles issues of capitalism. Yeah. Because, I mean, obviously, and I, forgive me if we talked about this last year too with the Alistair's inversion. No one remembers. But I think it's still relevant um, that, that Scrooge is like a, a late capitalist before late capitalism <laughs> he he is so interested in money and debts and going after people that he really doesn't care mm-hmm. about even time of year he doesn't take christmas off himself unless he is forced to when bob cratchit says like everyone else will be closed like there's no one to do business with well, and also it'll be more costly mm-hmm. for you to actually be open. To so in the cost the benefit analysis, yeah, it's going to be like more money to heat this office while you're like the only one doing business yeah. than it would be to just stay closed and then reopen the next day. Yeah, which makes a lot of sense. And which is also a very interesting thing to to hear from Muppets. Right? Like, Muppets are the voice of reason Yeah, in this movie. And it's so interesting to me because it's... I mean, Scrooge is presented as this scary figure, right? We get low Dutch angles mm-hmm. of, of Scrooge the first time we see him mm-hmm. and, like, following him through the town. And he's meant to look 
scary and imposing and larger than life like he looks like he's a giant yeah because the camera can't even capture his whole body yeah and then like we get this client coming into his office saying please don't shout at me i can't afford to pay you and scrooge just like picks him up and tosses him out and then we just hear this this voice saying thanks for not shouting and it's so sweet but it's also like in in kicking this person out of the store or out of the the office this person is like well at least he didn't yell at me like i wasn't a human being mm-hmm. or a rabbit i mm-hmm. think is what it is mm. um is that the rabbit no no it's a the rabbit it looks is a homeless vaguely human yeah it's a muppet anyway it's a muppet it's a, anyway it's... so it's not a human but you know still deserves respect doesn't <laughs> so <laughs> It's not recognizably human or animal. It's a, right. it's a, yeah. It's, it's a, a, it's a something else. Humanoid puppet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that really struck me because Scrooge, I mean, it would have been far easier for him to just shout and mm-hmm. kick somebody out than for him to actually like pick them up yeah. and throw them. And that kind of goes towards his imposing sort of stature like not only does he look scary but he is violent yeah and he is that's how much he cares about money um and the same when people come in to ask him for donations like he mm-hmm. he basically says like let people die and reduce the surplus surplus population mm-hmm. um which is something that the ghost of christmas present ends up saying to him um at some point when he when he is upset that tiny tim is dying yeah um yeah the 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 marley's um the the fact that scrooge is taught about like you you kind of joke that he was an accountant child but like yes he was and at one point his teacher um who is who is sam the eagle um says you will love business and then he says it is the american way (laughs) and it's it's just like a funny because they're in victorian london and and i mean sam keeps slipping and saying and then he has to say it i mean it is the british way (laughs) um but it really betrays this this western sensibility of like business Mm -hmm. is everything Mm -hmm. and there is nothing more important than business but business itself is such a nebulous term Mm -hmm. like if you if you meet somebody and you're on a date with them and you're like, what do you do? And they're like, business. I'm in business. Yeah. You'd be like, bye. Like, <laughs> I'm about to be murdered. <laughs> like, <laughs> or like you're in the mob or something. <clears throat> like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's such a weird thing, but it's something so many people attach significance to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so nebulous. Yeah. But all encompassing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's so interesting this sort of yeah using puppets or like something akin to children to talk about serious issues yeah even when michael kane talks about um uh fozzy wig and mom's uh rubber chicken factory he says it so seriously and it just kills me because he's he's just like that's their old rubber chicken factory <laughs> and it's like what it would be a rubber chicken factory. I also have like, a lot of questions about the rubber chicken factory. Yeah. What is the demand for rubber chicken? <laughs> Apparently, business is great. 
but notice Scrooge doesn't sell rubber chickens. Mm, I don't think. Yeah. So he's moved away. He's moved into more like real estate and personal debt or something like that. Yeah. He's like a, he's like a usurious landlord. Yeah. He's, he's like, yeah. Holding onto rents and mortgages. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, yeah. An interesting choice to make it like, cause money lending is also a very like, I mean, it's like a bit more of an abstract concept for kids to grasp. Yeah. Whereas if you make it very tangible, like, oh, no, like he's in charge of houses and he can kick mm-hmm. people out of houses. At Christmas. At Christmas. Yeah. Then it's like, yeah, very, very close to home. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just, I mean, this is a long-winded way of saying, I think it's really interesting the way they use sort of innocence to talk about these almost nefarious practices um Mm. and and also while showing you know scrooge in his really amazing dressing gown and nightcap um as compared with bob and his wife and kids and their you know really small house in a bad part of town Mm -hmm. and scrooge just can't believe that's how they live Mm-hmm. when it's like well yeah like you know how much you pay bob so did you think he was like just working for you for fun because <laughs> it's not it's not it looks very unfun yeah so it's and, and also i'm struck just with the opportunity that scrooge has to see how his employees live and and just sadly how unrealistic it seems that he would let that change his mind <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. That is something that struck me on this, this watch, this experience, because we have to like, like how, how tricky it is to want Scrooge to sort of be along with Scrooge for this journey, because he has to go through a lot of things and be like, essentially a completely different person Yeah. by the end of all of this. Yeah. And we, so we have to start hating him and end up feeling happy and satisfied with the transformation journey. Mm-hmm. So it's really tricky to like carry also us as an audience to carry us through and to help us like step-by-step step want Scrooge to do better and to thrive as a better person rather than wanting punishment for him. Yeah. Because it would be really easy to be like, this is a terrible person, you know, like, get him out of here, you know, <laughs> kill him off, do whatever, like, you know, like, yeah. the worst of the worst. Um, we don't want to spend any more time with him. And instead, we're sort of led through this series of events. And, like, I'm still trying to wrap my brain around <laughs> the trick of it all. Because we do end up wanting the best for him. We do. And we do end up feeling charmed by by his sort of personal revelations. Um, even if they're obvious and things that he should have known from the start. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's like, it's it's done in a way that I, I can't still quite grasp. <laughs> yeah, it strikes me that he sort of... Scrooge sort of becomes a child again mm-hmm. with the first ghost's visit. Like, I, there's one line where he, the ghost says, come with me out this window. And he says, but I'm, I'm mortal and liable mm-hmm. to fall. Like, mm-hmm. he's, 
he's afraid of he's vulnerable he's vulnerable and he's he says it in such a way that he's he's just really not sure yeah and he you know for the first time we see him actually scared and not sure what to do yeah um the rules of his life like don't apply all of a sudden yeah and so he he kind of has to trust this child ghost creepy child doll creepy child doll ghost um and that means sort of having to revert Mm -hmm. to a, a sort of childlikeness as well and then when he meets the ghost of christmas present he's even more childlike Mm. like he kind of like walks alongside this ghost and and you know asks him questions in this eager sort of childlike voice like Mm -hmm. like where are they now spirit what what's happening what are we gonna do now spirit (laughs) are we there yet are we there yet yeah yeah. (laughs) and and just like he seems to to marvel at this spirit who grows old in front of his eyes Mm -hmm. and he kind of grieves the spirit yeah yeah like he doesn't understand the spirit's very short lifespan, mm-hmm. um, even though the spirit explains, like, yeah, I have over eighteen hundred siblings. Like, there's one a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, my time is at an end at the end of the year. But yeah, he he just seems really enamored of this of the ghost of Christmas presents joy mm-hmm. and the way he he can present serious things but from a place of optimism and Mm -hmm. hope yeah and when and when the ghost of christmas present gives him a little bit of what for in in the sort of sarcastic you know return of are there no prisons you know that line given back to him he also doesn't take offense to that yeah scrooge doesn't whereas i think before he would have um and would have had some sort of snappy rejoinder but but instead like as a bit more of a child like mm-hmm. um, reception sort of just takes it and is like oh man you know like yeah, a little bit yeah. more of a, like oh darn like he's been he's been chastised yeah like it's he's it's almost like he's been sent to his room yeah daddy's unhappy yeah but he's but he learns from it too he's like mm-hmm. oh yeah that was a wrong thing to say mm-hmm. um i think another thing that i'm still like (laughs) trying to get over in my own life is just thinking about how it would be to personally go back in time Mm. and see my child self oh man and and then also see you know all these other moments of like deep shame and personal failing (laughs) and just how fucking destroyed i'd be yeah by all of that like it's terrible enough to read like old journals and be oh. like oh this fucking idiot <laughs> it's horrendous yeah <laughs> but to but to be there and see like like at least journals and photo albums it's like contained yeah you're not actually confronted with the reality of who you were and someone who knows more than you isn't showing you your own foibles yeah like... for real yeah so I think I'm also much more empathetic mm. and, and, and like this was unconscious and now I'm, I'm aware of it. So it's a bit more conscious, but that is also an important part of the journey is just realizing how destroying it would be yeah. <laughs> to do that whole ghost of Christmas past journey. Um, 
so that also lays the groundwork for us as an audience, I think, to to be much more sympathetic mm-hmm. to Scrooge's journey. Yeah. And want him to do better. Yeah, it kind of strikes me as as similar to talking to someone who has different political views mm. than you do, who, you know, you're not going to change each other's minds, mm-hmm. but in in sharing some sort of common trauma Mm -hmm. you can at least have the conversation or show something different like i because ultimately scrooge has a bit of like a social justice turnaround Mm -hmm. right where it's it's like his eyes are opened and he sees that he's part of the problem instead of part of the solution Mm -hmm. and he decides to be part of the solution Mm -hmm. um well, he didn't even see a problem before. No, but then with the ghosts, they showed him like, yeah, yeah you're, you're the there problem. There is a problem. It's you. <laughs> it's you. And also everyone Smart hates up. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They will fight over who gets the money for your Your names are jokes at Christmas. And also people love your bed sheets. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I think we're even meant like one of the scenes I find most empathetic is when he, the ghost of Christmas present, takes him to see his nephew. Um, celebrating Christmas with all of their friends and they're playing a game and the nephew describes like a creature nobody wants around that isn't you know vegetable or mineral and his wife is immediately like oh it's Ebenezer Scrooge and it's it's so it's so mean and they're having such a good laugh over the mm-hmm. fact that he is completely unwanted, mm-hmm. even though this same nephew just earlier that day invited him to Christmas. Yeah. And everybody's laughing and everybody knows, you know, like it just felt so like I felt so sad for Scrooge witnessing that mm-hmm. and seeing that even this nephew, like, sure, he treats this nephew terribly. Mm-hmm. But it is his only family. Yeah. And it is the only person who at least invites him places. Yeah. And seems to care. And to have this person saying things like that about him, it's just so heartbreaking. And Scrooge kind of knows that he deserves it on some level. Mm-hmm. Or he he believes he's like, yeah, it checks out. But at the same time, it's like nobody deserves that. Yeah. <laughs> That's so awful. Like, I, I can't imagine witnessing something like that. It would just be horrible. Yeah. And and I think that's that's the, the trick of it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, keep saying trick, but, like, the, the interesting way that, that this story sort of, like, gets under our skin and makes us empathize with Scrooge in spite of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, it's moments like that where like, yeah, by all rights, we should have been like, ah, yeah, what a, what a rascal that Fred is. (laughs) Hilarious jokes. Yeah. Um, and instead we're like, oh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's so brutal. Oh, um, yeah. And our thought is immediately on Scrooge's feelings Mm -hmm. rather than on you know anything else in that present moment yeah which is wild considering i mean he doesn't approve of fred's wife and he Mm -hmm. thinks that fred's too good for her and Mm -hmm. like all of these things but immediately as soon as they're making fun of him Mm -hmm. we're like oh man (laughs) bummer (laughs) because i mean and i think to some extent it's because we've all 
that's a huge fear, mm-hmm. right? Is that the people we love are talking about us behind our backs and that yeah. they, that people actually don't love us and that we aren't lovable. And that's, I mean, it's a huge, I mean, I think it's a really common, Yeah. maybe I'm speaking for myself here. No, I'm going to go lay in the road right now. <laughs> yeah, but it's, but it's like, because that trust isn't there, right? Yeah. Because Scrooge has actively kept people at arm's length. Mm-hmm. There's no trust that, or relationship. Or relationship, right? Yeah. Like, there's no safe place for him. Mm-mm. He's made it so that he's he's has no safe place. Yeah. And that is the horror of it all, mm-hmm. I think. Um, which is why it's so gratifying in the end where he's, not only is he sharing Christmas dinner with, you know, Bob and, and his family, but we're told that he's, basically, he becomes a second father to Tim. Mm-hmm. Um, which means he has this sort of um, relationship, this legacy that mm-hmm. will, that will last. Right. Yeah. Children will remember him after he's gone and it will be positive. And that's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He creates, he creates a family for himself. Yeah. Building off the, the one with Fred that he like repairs, but then it expands to so much more. Mm-hmm. And at the end, we see Fred and Clara sitting around the Cratchit's table, too. Mm-hmm. So it's like they've joined families. Yeah. 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 I the that ending scene is quite bonkers. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is also really lovely that it's just like this, this tiny house <laughs> packed with. Humans and Muppets alike. Yeah. All all singing around a table. Yeah. Oh, it's a beautiful vision. Even though, and I will never ever forgive Scrooge for this, he brings home a raw turkey. And who's going to cook that turkey? Oh, Mrs. Cratchit's going to all of a sudden have to cook a whole turkey that probably won't fit in her oven. No. And well, she does have a... Uh, like a giant like a like she a has fireplace a fireplace thing. but that the, would take the spit yeah. all day poor peter turning that 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 roasting spit but for can you hours can you imagine like merry christmas let's celebrate except for you you yeah. get to spend to the, the kitchen woman eight hours in the kitchen like unforgivable <laughs> we'll eat at midnight what a patriarchal story uh yeah <laughs> you know charles dickens was not a feminist so <laughs> what <laughs> yeah no well and even like i mean to jog back to the to the vision of the ex-girlfriend's beautiful future Mm -hmm. it's like oh she's so fulfilled because she has 17 children she has a husband who put a roof over her head yeah she's having the angel in the house life (laughs) she has been literally pumping out babies for two decades (sighs) what a time Oh, uh, I also wanted to talk just like briefly about the secret of Kermit and Miss Peggy's love. Oh, yes. What's okay. happening there? I don't know, but I am shocked. Like, why do all the girls look like her and why do all the boys look like him? This is what I want to know. It's very weird. Yeah. 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 It's like they, they it's like Lady reproduce the asexually. <gasps> oh. That's the only thing I can think of because a Punnett square does not, it does not work. You don't think that, that Kermit and Miss Peggy make, make sweet, sweet love? Oh, they might, but I their baby they they do not reproduce together. Mm. Because otherwise they would have hybrid pig frog children. Which would love to see. Whew. Uh okay, so there's probably like a weird science lab in the back where they're just like cloning themselves. Maybe, or maybe they just like 
I don't know, like slough off some skin or something and it just mm, grows into whatever. That's a baby. Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. Because otherwise, no, there would be some, some weirdo children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I also was just like, how did these two get together? Yeah. These two crazy kids. And also, I don't think they have genitals. What? <laughs> Pigs and frogs don't have genitals? No, Muppets don't. Oh. <laughs> long time since biology 101 but i'm pretty sure there's something there i wonder how long i could have kept you going i'm an art student what do i know i only recently just discovered that sharks have two penises what why (laughs) why not i mean good question they're called clampers or claspers or Crompers or Crompers <laughs> And they're like little little like mit 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 like grabbers. So they grab what? A lady <laughs> Do lady sharks have two vaginas? One only hopes. I have no idea. Or is it like a like Or a... maybe it's maybe it's just like whatever I feel like using today. Yeah, if one is tired, yeah. They can use the like, other take one. a rest, buddy. This one's got yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Science. Miracle of nature. So fascinating. (laughs) Endlessly fascinating. Oh, yes. Uh, How does this Scrooge rate against other Scrooges, do you think? So what's... Okay, so what Christmas carols have you seen? Um, What are we working from here? I've seen the Alistair Stem one the most. Mm Mm-hmm. With, like, some smatterings of other ones. Okay. And I couldn't really tell you. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then this one. How do you feel? Okay. So we're basically just like Alistair Stim and Michael Caine. Yeah. All right. Uh, what do each of them bring, do you think? Oh, I mean, Alistair Stim is just perfect. <sighs> In every way. He's perfect. He's, he's so good at going from like stone cold serious to manically happy. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, he just plays the whole gamut of human emotion. Oh yeah. <laughs> in one movie. Um but he's also there are shots of him being just the most pathetic creature. Yeah. Like he looks like a wet rag. Yeah. In a lot of scenes and yeah, I just really appreciate the the sort of gravity he brings mm-hmm. to Scrooge. Um and to I the mean- meaning of the story. But it's always the extremes of things with yeah. him. Like, it's a very gothic adaptation. Sure. And it sort of really pushes the envelope in, in you know, his his decline or, I guess, whatever. But, like, it, you know, m- makes him go sort of, like, to the furthest edges of himself. Yeah. And then at the very end, he's sort of this 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 manic being and and so yeah like everything he does is is at the like furthest extreme of it Mm -hmm. which kind of makes sense to the story because of scrooge is changing his entire Mm -hmm. personality Mm -hmm. so drastically based on one night yeah like it it does seem to like i think sim plays it in terms of like scrooge is a little bit insane yes but yes at least in a helpful way Mm, or or okay. a, a a way that sort of makes up for 
or or seeks to change some of his past behavior. Mm-hmm. But he's like, yeah, he's he's absolutely, yeah, he's manic. There's no mm-hmm. other way to describe it. Yeah. Um. But I think there's there's nuance there too, where he's just there's the happiness to be alive, um, and able to change, but also sort of the relief that he survived the ghosts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I I'm probably not making sense, but he... No. It's like it's it is it does make like he makes sense in the context of that adaptation. Yes. I think is is what it is. That's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. Like it is it is a heightened world of a different kind than the Muppets. Um <laughs> yes. they're like sort of the shadows are longer, like everything is gloomier, mm-hmm. everything is more desperate and grim and and yeah. his sort of extremes also then reflect that as well. Yeah, it's really in the spirit of a true gothic mm-hmm. story, like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then this this one, I feel like Sir Michael Kine's mm-hmm. rendition um, is much softer and, like, the edges of, of that have been sort of worn off. So he more comes across as, like, a grumpy uncle. Yeah who is sort of perennially upset <laughs> um, and maybe a little bit violent, but isn't, doesn't have that, that level of um, intensity. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Like he's, he's sort of surface level angry and then, mm-hmm. and then seemingly happy. Like he, mm-hmm. there's definitely joy when he, when he changes his ways, but yeah, he doesn't have that sort of deeply nuanced, yeah, um, yeah, disturbed nature that Alistair Sim brings to it. <laughs> um, but also maybe that's because it's Michael Caine, and we've seen him in so many things, and mm-hmm. you know, not all of them have been serious. Whereas Alistair Sim, we kind of know for that one role. I mean, we've seen him in other things, but mm-hmm. like that's the role. That's yeah. Whereas Michael Caine, if we were to say, what's the definitive role for Michael Caine, we might not say Scrooge. Italian job. <laughs> Obviously. He has, like, his persona is much more of a, like, as an actor, is much more of a um, sort of, like, a winking, like, rascally ne'er-do-well. Yeah. Which sure. I think then also translates into this, where sure. where I come to this and I'm like, oh, he's you know he doesn't really mean it yeah like like he he definitely i mean he brings a lot to the role of scrooge but at the end of the day he's very much michael kane too which is delightful although he's playing it entirely straight like he is not he is he is a serious actor acting in a Muppet movie. Yes. He which, is. But he really wanted to do that role. Oh, really? Like he asked if he could. Oh my God. Like he was like, how about we do this? And I play Scrooge. Oh my God. <laughs> As that's what I understand anyway. But yeah, like he, he was like, this is my time. Is this when he was in a tax exile or, or Maybe. afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There was something about, cause I remember being just really tickled when I heard that. Mm. He just really wanted to work with the Muppets because it's like, you know, you're that not. That is bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> like, huh. like, of all the actors living today, yeah. who would you like to work with? And he's like, the Muppets, the Muppets. please. Yeah. 
Henson family really have something going for them right now. <laughs> they really... I would really love to partner with them. Yeah, they knew what they were doing. They knew what they were doing. <laughs> uh, do we have anything to add for our theme corner? Anything Anything you further you want to say about the movie's Christmas uh, situation? I will say, I I actually recently watched a different sort of a Christmas Carol adaptation called oh. Scrooge and Marley. Oh. Um, and it is a micro-budget film um, <laughs> that uh, situates um, everyone in sort of like mid-aughts and everyone's gay, including <laughs> Scrooge and Marley. Of course. Of course. And it's, um, you know, a level of corniness and low-budgetness that normally I would be, you know, unable to stomach. <laughs> But I was watching it with uh, my pal and yours, Anna-Marie, and yeah. we were talking about how Christmas movies in general, <laughs> like, throw off the barometer for us in yeah. terms of, like, tolerance for that kind of sentimentality and corniness. Yes. And so things that normally I would be like, oh, I, like, under no circumstance can I handle this. Like, this <laughs> is just, like, yeah, too much. Um for some reason, because it's Christmas, uh, is is much more enjoyable. And I think even for this movie, if it wasn't at Christmas, I would have maybe a bit harder of a time mm-hmm. um, letting myself enjoy it sincerely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I was wondering why that is. My, I'm one of my theories is that like Christmas is already such a heightened time, and and. I mean, Christmas is already such a camp time. Yeah. That, like, uh, you know, the muchness of the Christmas experience mm-hmm. sort of allows very earnestly silly things like this to make sense and to, yeah, yeah. feel of a piece with the Well, experience. and I think Christmas is so often, I mean, for speaking only from my own experience, like, there was so much encouragement toward the wonder and the magic and the coziness of it all mm-hmm. like it this the sacredness of it mm-hmm. um was just a given and it yeah. as a child it made me feel like held in some way yeah and so i think speaking for myself i'm always kind of trying to get back to that feeling yeah. Even though, yeah, I wouldn't, oh, I wouldn't necessarily gravitate, and I'm, I'm not a Hallmark Christmas mm-hmm. movie watcher. Like I don't go for that stuff. But that whole idea of trying to turn things around and and work on being better just mm-hmm. seems like like Christmas time is the time to do that. Yeah. And so it just feels right. Yeah. In a way. That's a really interesting point. I hadn't connected it to like equating the sort of like really earnest like sort of simplicity and straightforwardness of these narratives with like a childlike wonder or or even like an attempt to access the childlike wonder like using that as sort of like the doorway to get there Mm -hmm. and i don't even think it's it's conscious yeah like i think it's just i remember how i used to feel like when you're a child, mm-hmm. everything is very straightforward, and so we're using very straightforward things. Yeah, and like to get ourselves into that mindset. Family's around, and mm-hmm. Santa is real, and magic is real, and yeah. like things will work out. Things will work out, and 
yeah, mm. you get treats you don't normally get. <laughs> yeah, like it just, it just felt like a time of, of love and safety. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And who doesn't want that? Yeah, yeah. We don't want deep, insightful things at Christmas. We don't want nuance. We just want goofiness and silliness and lightness. <laughs> or if there are deep, insightful things and nuance... We want it to mean something, mm-hmm. like something about the human condition or something mm. that brings us all together. Um, because mm-hmm. I think, too, Christmas is kind of that time where we try to at least move toward um, treating each other as as human beings, or that used to be the idea. I mean, <laughs> I'm thinking too of like the Christmas truce during World War One. Mm. You know, like it was important enough to stop World War One for a day. Yeah. Um, because the soldiers just wanted to have Christmas. Hmm. And I think, you know, now we're in this time of war again. And still. Still still again. Yeah. And it's just like, surely there has to be some good in the world. Mm-hmm. There must be something that I can take comfort in, even though like mm-hmm. I live my comfortable life mm-hmm. in Winnipeg and I'm not fighting and I'm not starving and I'm not running to bomb shelters mm-hmm. like the people in Gaza or Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, there's still that sort of need for comfort and safety. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, if not physical, then emotional, yeah. emotional comfort and safety. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, on that note, m- <laughs> moments of joy. Oh man, I have I have a couple. Um, Do tell. I I love one of my favorite things is the way Michael Caine dances um for the the it feels like Christmas song where he just kind of does a side to side. It kind of <laughs> reminds me of how when my grandma used to dance. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a very old person dance. And I love it so much. It's like, it's mostly <laughs> arms in a sway. Yeah. Um, it's so cute. Um, and I also like um, the absent-minded ghost of Christmas present when he keeps repeating himself. And at one point he says, did I tell you? And Scrooge is like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you did. Yeah. <laughs> just, just completely over it. Um, but still like wanting to know what the ghost has to say, but it's just like, yeah, move it like, along. Move it yeah. along. Let's let's go. But yeah, those two things gave me some some chuckles. <laughs> oh, and also I felt very seen when Miss Piggy opens the door to see Scrooge at the end. Uh-huh. And uh and he says, I'm about to to raise and she says, I'm about to raise you right off the pavement. <laughs> <laughs> and and I was like, I would be I would be that person. That's big manny energy if, for sure. If my partner had a boss that made his life miserable, <laughs> you better believe I would be right in there. Oh, so, yeah. so I was like, Am I Miss Piggy? I yes. think you might be, yes. In this case I am. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. No greater calling. Except she's nicer than I would be about having to cook a turkey suddenly for a house full of people. Yeah. I would be like, no. Yeah, <laughs> she, yeah, that's no good. Uh, my moments of joy were mostly related to um, Scrooge's uh, dressing outfit. Oh, Dressing yes. gown outfit. I knew you would love that. So there's a moment when he first walks into his house after seeing the phantom door knocker. And um, 
thinks that his dressing gown is like a ghost or something and like attacks it (laughs) and then he's like my best dressing gown no harm done (laughs) and just like the the shock and relief at having not destroyed his dressing gown did you feel seen i did feel seen um and then he's like little cap with the tassel hanging off the side do you have one of those? I need one of you those. You desperately need I one of those. I don't have one, and I need one so bad. Happens to Betsy. So that's going to be my Christmas uh, goal this year. Yeah. And Michael Caine's eyebrows go over the rim of the cap. It's so impressive. It's so impressive. It's goals. So that's it. Oh, also, also, um, when he is like, you know, a a a a new man. And he comes out of his house and he confront sees Gonzo and Rizzo the Rat, who are just standing off to the side. And he goes over to them, and I don't remember who's well he's singing, but he at he sort of like like um oh yeah like does this little like adorable like sort of like rustles their heads like a twinkly fingers like on a top twinkly of, yeah. fingers on the head and he's just, just like, like dee dee yeah <laughs> and it is so adorable it's so cute it. Just like, like warmed my cold dead heart so <laughs> much that one tiny moment I can't even explain it, but oh, it was great, wonderful. Um, so there are lots of movie connections. We're in movie connections now. Okay. Um, so I had mentioned that like I'd barely scratched the surface of Christmas Carol adaptations, but since I'm it deep in my Victorian phase again, um. I've made it my mission to track down a whole bunch of them and oh, watch good. them. Because also there's some unhinged, okay, there are some unhinged versions out there. Okay, tell me. Can I list uh, just a few? Please do. Okay. So there are like so many, like everyone and their dog has made a Christmas Carol movie. Um, but these are the ones that uh, like are top of my list to track down. So 1949, there was a TV movie of the Christmas Carol narrated by vincent price what no yes halloween is his domain I know. well this is sort of like a hybrid movie though oh that's as true. discussed last time yeah. it's like it's ghosts like and, ghosts yeah. and creepy times and yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so it okay. makes sense I'll it does make it. sense thank you mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the defense rests <laughs> Uh, there's, okay, so then 1951, there's, like, our favorite, our boy, mm-hmm. Alistair Sim. 1954, there's A Christmas Carol with Frederick March as Scrooge and <gasps> Basil Rathbone as Marley? Yes. Isn't that great? Oh, I love Frederick March. Perfect casting. Oh. Oh. 1970, there's A Scrooge with Albert Phineas Scrooge. And he plays both his young hot self and his old self. Yes, I've seen that And one. it looks like a fever dream. It's wild. <laughs> this is top of my list to track down. It looks bonkers. <laughs> also, Alec Guinness is Marley. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Oh, my God. Uh, 1979 is another personal favorite, An American Christmas Carol, where Henry Winkler plays um, an American Ebenezer Scrooge called Benedict Slade. That's right. Oh, that one is wild, too. It is quite bonkers. (laughs) Um, 1998, there's a Western called Ebenezer with Jack Palance as Scrooge. Uh, why not i mean he is terrifying he is very scary yeah the real trick of that one would be trying to convince us that he's a reformed man who 
happily spends time around children. Yeah, no. I think that would be the real, real feat there. That guy would pull a switchblade on anybody. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Even as an old man, I'm pretty sure he was still murdering people. Probably. Don't <laughs> sue me. Libel. <laughs> He's dead. He's dead. <laughs> um, Patrick Stewart was Scrooge oh. in a 1999 one. Also need to watch. Yeah. And Richard E. Grant was Bob Cratchit in that one. Oh, the best. Yes. Very important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a musical, A Christmas Carol, with Kelsey Grammer as Scrooge. Ooh. And also Jason Alexander, Jan Krukowski, Jennifer Love Hewitt, and Geraldine Chaplin. Weird. A bonkers cast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very strange. Um, and then, as mentioned, the uh, Scrooge and Marley, which is the micro-budget uh, movie where Scrooge owns a gay nightclub. And Love the it. ghost of Christmas past is a hot twink who zaps them into the past by sniffing poppers. <laughs> it's a choice. I must see it. You must. Uh, and this is one that's like, I'm I'm trying so hard to track it down, but I haven't had any luck. So there's a 2019 unhinged BBC miniseries oh. called A Christmas Carol, but it's dark and sexy and grim. And it has Guy <laughs> Pierce as Scrooge. Oh. Um, and wildest of wild choices, Andy Serkis as the ghost of Christmas past. It's huh. the same showrunners as the people who did Peaky Blinders and Taboo. So oh, they're yeah. really leaning into the like. The weirdness. Weird. Yeah. 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 Really trying hard to find that version and haven't had any luck. So if oh. anyone out there knows. Yeah. Send me a copy. I must see it. I must see Guy <laughs> Pierce as a. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what kind of Scrooge he would do. I mean, like, I, I just keep picturing disgruntled... him in the remake of Mildred Pierce. Oh. As, a, as um, Bergeron. I just keep imagining him as the um, man who breaks into space jail in, uh, <laughs> in that uh, space jail movie. In that space jail movie. So what are you gonna yeah, do? Yeah, yeah. He's he's a there it is. Real varied actor. <laughs> there's also a Jim Carrey one. Yeah, so there's like a lot of computer, animated ones yeah. that look that that Jim Carrey one looks terrible. It is terrifying. Have you seen yeah, it? Yeah, it's 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 I mean it's even the trailer was too much for me. I was like, this is an ugly looking movie. It's hideous. Yeah. It's like, why did you do that? You shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No good. Any any other ones you want to highlight? There's like a Bill Murray Scrooge, Scrooge, and like and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there are just so many and so many sort of adjacent mm-hmm. stories, but I can't. Yeah, none yeah. of them really stand out to me at the moment. The one with Albert Finney is weird. Yeah, <laughs> it's really. Weird. I was just looking at like film stills of it, and yeah. and couldn't understand where in the narrative they would fit so i'm excited to see it and yeah. figure out yeah <laughs> find out more there's one in which it looks like they're in hell maybe but hell is all pink mm. do you remember where that is in the story part of me thinks that's in the past mm. but i need to rewatch classic it. yeah well you know who would have made an incredible scrooge who but gone too soon forever in our hearts Alan Rickman. Oh, he would have been the best. Yeah. The best Scrooge. I was thinking about it constantly 
He would have been incredible. He really would have been. <sighs> so pour oh. one out for Alan Rickman again. Yeah. <clears throat> and also the incredible Scrooge that we have been cheated about. Yeah, that's true. Um, what did we learn? Juiciest bits, juiciest butts. I learned that Muppets are people too. They are. Yeah. Or. Or people are Muppets too. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't have such a human centrist view. Sorry. I How know. Dare it's something you. I really need to work on. It is. Yeah. And uh, the the ghost of Christmas present has the bedunk that won't quit. So. The ghost of Christmas present is always the hottest person in the room. Correct. Like every single time. Yeah. Major trans mask energy. Always the hottest. Always the life of the party. Yeah. No one's butt is better. No one's butt is better. No. Yeah. Um, I would also say I learned that um penguin skate clubs are like <laughs> very chaotic places to be. Mm-hmm. Uh Visual. and they are ruthless. So don't try and enter a skating competition with a penguin. It's like roller derby. Yeah, but even meaner. Ooh. Yeah. No, they don't give a fuck. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah, they'll cut a bitch. For for your health. For your health. Yeah. <laughs> Avoid penguins and skating groups. Yeah. Unless it's just, you know, the penguins are over there and you're over here. Yeah. Distance don't, is good. Don't challenge them to yeah. any kind of skating competition. You will lose. <laughs> and maybe die. And maybe die. <laughs> That's not a nice Christmas. You will become one of the ghosts. <laughs> Out of the three ghosts, which one would you like to be? Present. Yeah. Get all that yeah, food. Doid, obviously. <laughs> Although I do love the absolute drama of Ghost of um, Christmas Future. It's true. All you have to do is point. And you get to Ominously. wear sweet black drapes and you're just mm-hmm. like moving it around like Martha Graham. Like it's That's amazing. True. That is true. The drama. Yeah, it's true. So, I mean, a close second. Mm. But yeah, no, obviously Christmas present. Super, yeah. super hot. Super great beard. And can change his size. I mean, this one, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a skill he had. No. He can be a little mouse. Yeah. Or, or as giant. big as a room. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Remarkable. And he gets to wear like laurel leaves on his head, which is classy all the time. And a big ass dressing gown all the time. Yeah. Which is great. Roomy which is and comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> my one beef with him in this movie is that we don't get to see the little bit of chest hair oh yeah well i require a little bit of chest hair on a muppet though yeah of course do i sorry come on what what is this with the muppet hostility here (laughs) once again i'm just equal opportunities it would have to be glued on which i don't see a uh, okay that's that's fine for you I'm happy what, for you. you. <laughs> happy for you and your choices. Why are you against glued on chest hair? What, where does I'm this come from? I'm not against it. Mm. It's just not a thing I find important. All right. Well. Yeah. <sighs> there's there's okay. the root of something under there. Yeah. You but... you like chest merkins? That is that is up to you. <laughs> I like chest hair any way I can get it. That's so true. Yeah. If a merkin is. <laughs> You know, the only available option, so be it. Yeah, you do what you can. All right, so we learned that today about me. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. One more Christmas, one more Christmas down, another Christmas to go. Oh my God, we're also doing like a past, present, and future thing. We are. I don't know how this would one fall in the in the ratings though. Yeah. Would this be a present or a past or a future? What do you think? Muppet Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. What's the what's the what's the energy of this one? I mean, I oh that's tough because mm-hmm. it's obviously past because it's made the longest ago, <laughs> but. <laughs> But also it's present because I, I watch it every year. Yeah. Yeah. But also could be future because you're going to watch it again next year. That's true. Mm. But also. No, yeah, that's no. true. Yeah. Things to ponder for next time. Deep thoughts. <laughs> Charlie and Maddie. All right. It's been fun. Who has the juiciest butt? Oh, I agree with you. Christmas oh, okay. present. Do just, I? I just wanted to hear it with my own ears. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. No, I'm not going to fight you on that one. <laughs> Good, because I will Hottest bod under any category yeah. is is the Christmas present ghost. Yeah. 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 No. Confidence for days. Oh, oh baby. Give me a slice of that. <laughs> body and confidence, and but confidence. especially the body. All of it. Ugh, ideal. That's That's my gender goal, actually. Yeah. Ghost of Christmas present. Love it. All right. It's been fun. It has been fun. Great celebrating Christmas again with you. And also with you. And also with you. (laughs) I've been Charlie. I've been Mandy. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.